for Jesus tonight. It's all in hell. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Work on him, Lord. Use him. We're thankful tonight that it's all in him. It's all in him. We're not confused who he is. He is the author and finisher. Amen. It's none beside him or liking unto him. You don't have to worry about another showing up. Praise God. Got your Bibles, Luke 7. Luke 7. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Come to worship, magnify Him. Uh, to be excited of who He is. If you know very much about Him, if you read it very much about Him, you sing very many songs about Him, it doesn't take real long to realize that, you know what? This is an awesome God. Ain't nobody like him. I did remember to bring my watch. I don't know if it will mean anything, but I brought it. Praise God. Luke 7, 7 and 1. Uh, I told you this morning we're going to be preaching a little bit, talking about faith. Faith. The importance of faith and to allow it to work in our lives. Now when he had ended all of his sayings in the audience of the people... He entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant. A certain centurion servant. Who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus. And when he heard of Jesus. Anybody heard of Jesus? <laughs> he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly. They didn't fool around. They didn't drag around. Man, when, when, when they found Jesus, they instantly began to make this request unto him, saying that he was worthy. For whom he should do this. And they're talking about the centurion here. Who's worthy for you Jesus. To come. And to pray for his servant. And he loveth. And when they came to Jesus. They besought him instantly. Okay when he loved him. For he loveth our nation. And he hath built us a synagogue. Talking about the centurion. I'm at the Roman officer. He wasn't a Jew. But yet he loved the Jews. He loved them so much that he built them a synagogue, a temple, a place that they could worship their Jehovah God. Hmm. But he had heard of Jesus now. And he had a servant that was at the point of death. And so he sends these elders unto Jesus to have him to come. 
Wherefore, neither thought I myself, listen to what he says, worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. I believe I'm safe to say in the setting of scriptures tonight, the centurion had never seen Jesus at this point. He had heard of him, but he had not seen him. And now that Jesus was on his way to come to his house, he sends word when he comes, gets close to, he's not worthy for him to come into his house. He said, I don't feel I'm worthy for you to come. It wasn't that he was going to question, amen, or doubt who he was and what he could do. Because he simply tells him, he said, if you'll just speak the word, my servant will live. My servant's going to be all right. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We thank you for another opportunity to be in the house of God. To be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the words taught us we're two or three together in your name. And we have gathered in your name. We have felt your presence. We have felt your touch in this house. And Lord, we are praying and asking that you would help us here tonight. To, to preach the word of God in a, in a manner, a way. That if by chance, if any is in this house, that does not have the faith that you would have us to have, that before we leave this service tonight, our faith would be changed. Changed by what we hear. Amen. Changed, amen, by the power and the presence and the anointing of your presence. All the praise, all the glory, all the honor. It's going to be lifted to you and to you alone because we're nothing without you. We can do nothing of our own. We need you. We need your anointing. We need your touch in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. I don't feel to be in a hurry tonight. I don't feel, you know, to... Um, but even Brother Ford touched on this in the... In the service already tonight. So he talked a little bit about faith and the song that we're singing. Do we really believe what we're singing? You know, does it, does, has it really sunk down into us? Has it got a hold of our brain? Has it got a hold of our heart? Has it got a hold of our attitude? Has it got a hold of our spirit? Uh, we, we don't want to be like the junkies. Please don't be offended by that. Just, just listen to what I'm saying. A lot of people can't party until they get the right elements in them. A lot of people can't worship God until the right, the right scenario and the right atmosphere and the right conditionings. And some people can't believe God unless they see it for themselves. They can't even really believe a man of God sometimes. And Sometimes it's because of who the man is. And because they know, they know that man so well, it interferes with their ability to believe. Not that they mean for it to. Not that they would like for it to. But we can't deny that. And we all have to struggle with that at times. None of us is exempt. And... Um, As, as we watch this tonight, 
as I take my time and because we want to build on something that's because this foundation, this one called Jesus, he that's sitting on the circle of the earth tonight, but he's observing and watching even in the service tonight. And he knows the thoughts that's in your minds. He knows where your heart's at. He knows where your passion. He knows just, just how, how committed we really want to be. How dedicated. How, how far we're willing to go. Amen. To see the will of God in Bendale, Mississippi. To see the revival. Um, now we've experienced some great revivals. We've experienced some great moves of God. I'm not complaining. But I haven't seen what I've read in the Bible. In the fullness that I've read in the Bible. And, um, but I believe it's for us. I believe God wants to give it to us. And um, I know we've went through and uh, we went through seasons and times and and I guess we'll go through them again. You'll go through wilderness. You'll go through deserts and trials and things of that nature. As individuals, sometimes as a church, sometimes even as an organization. And uh, those things happen. But I believe God, amen, is really wanting to do something in Bendale, Mississippi. Um, I really don't know how shocking it is to some when I talk about the field. Right at this present night, as far as I know, the owners don't have no intention of all of selling the field. That's not my problem. That's theirs. That's not, that's not you know, I'm not gifted enough with, it, with the, the gift of gab to amen to go talk them into it. I just know the God that created all of us. And he created the field and it belongs to him anyway. We may have names on titles and we may pay taxes, <laughs> but it doesn't belong to us. And we sure can't create no more dirt. <laughs> so when we hear these kind of things and, and we make the kind of statements like five billion. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, it's a little, it's a little, you know. This little country church out on Highway 57. Um, and I don't know. I said five billion. I said it up here. And you know, Amy, you say a lot of things under the anointing. <laughs> when you get out there and get your own sense and your own reason, you won't hardly say nothing. But there's something about the anointing that destroys the power of the yoke of the enemy. That'll cause you to speak things. And if you do it under the anointing of God and your Holy Ghost. Amen. amen that's all you got to lean on. That's where you put your trust. Our good evangelist Friday night is after service. And we was talking. And just in general, it really wasn't. I'm not even sure if he knows about the field. I'm not sure if he knows. I'm not sure if he knows about some of this. <laughs> I don't know what he knows. He hadn't been here that often. Uh, I talk to him very little. I text him very little. They know very little. 
Now, that's about the safe thing to do. In fact, we spend most of our time, amen, either talking about the Word of God or just the Word of God or, or hunting or fishing or something else. And um, we don't talk about individuals. We don't call individuals names. We don't do none of that. And um, so we just let God... Um, so I've really got a long ways to go tonight, and by the help of the Lord, I'm going to do my best. I've got about five or six pages here and four or five markers. But I hope we get something across tonight. And, um, and uh, I've heard a lot about this, and uh, a lot of times when people find out that, that uh, who I am, and this is a, some would put it a family church, it is a family church, but that family is of Jesus Christ. And we've dealt with that spirit and that attitude. And, and maybe it still shows up sometimes. Well, that's individual's fault. It sure didn't come from the pulpit. There may be some individuals thinks it's a family church and that's their business. And that's their problem. It's the family church, but that family belongs to God. And we become a new family. And um, so, as we watch some of this unfold here and take place I'm hoping to bring some things out to you uh, to, to help us to see maybe some things just a little different uh, it's one of those messages I'd love to preach it about 10 times before I came up here tonight to be honest with you uh, I worked on it took off early Friday and come back Saturday and come back this afternoon for both messages today and, uh, but this is one of those messages I'd really love to um, have all the scriptures memorized. And just because if I can put it out there, man, I'm telling you, it can change your way of, of observing. It can change your way of looking at things. It can change the power of faith in you. Uh, to say that we never question, that we never question an individual. That we never maybe ponder and, and, and prong to sometimes when... Uh, prophecy is given out uh, to receive that to accept that uh, not just as an individual but as a whole and as a church uh, it's all completely important y'all just, just hang with me so we could see right here with this centurion that is actually just a Roman officer and uh, actually and this is something I hope it's never said of us if you go ahead and read the rest of the scriptures, you're going to see, you can go back to Matthew, the 8th chapter, the same scenario, the same situation. In fact, there it says, amen, the, in Matthew's writings, that the centurion actually went to Jesus. They, they tell us that really what is being said there by even Matthew, that regardless of who, who went, they went in the state of, G, of, of the centurion. It was just like the centurion showed up. I'll never forget it. I remember one time Brother David Bernard was talking. And as he was pastoring a man in, in Texas, and the church had grown to a place, and now he began to hold other positions in the organization, superintendent, things of that nature. So he just wasn't enough to fulfill all the directions and every single day to be in all these different places at the same time. So he had taught his church. He says, now, if you're in the hospital and I'm tied up and I'm just, I'm just not able to come, he says, if my wife shows up, you take that as though I showed up. He went, on. he went on to say, now, he had two or three assistants. And I think the church had grown to several hundred, maybe a thousand by that time. I'm not sure. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it grew to a pretty large number. And, uh, but he said, if one of our assistants show up, he said, you take that as though I showed up. 
And so, you know, we can understand that. Uh, we may not like it because the man didn't show up. Um, you know, sometimes at the hardware store, uh, they don't want to talk to guys like me. They want to know who the owner is. One thing that aggravates me is them, them folks that calls on that phone and, oh, they're so sweet to start with, man, and they're this and that. And, and uh, you know, they begin to ask me certain questions. I said, well, you'll have to ask the owner. You're not the owner? No. Clean. I'd get their number and they'd answer. I'd call them black. Back. <laughs> Clean. <laughs> that's what we think of. You know, that, that's rude. I mean, you know, you're all sweet and everything when you thought I was the owner and you thought I was the one that's going to buy your bills. <laughs> hey, man, and buy your product and do what you wanted to do. Well, I'm going somewhere. We're going somewhere tonight. Now, folks, we're representing somebody. We're representing the kingdom. We're representing the power. We're representing the We're the only hope. That the world's got. I don't care what you put in the White House. I don't care what family you're born into. I'm telling you the gospel. And the message of Jesus Christ is the only hope the world's got. And we're the only hope, amen, for families. Is if they're going to find deliverance out of the power and the clutches of the devil. It's going to be by folks like you and I. And so... As I studied this out and started getting scriptures together, amen, to, to deal with this, it kind of led me to Herod. And when I got to Herod, I began to pull some scriptures together of what began to unfold. Some, some things really began to settle in and anchor in. And so I'm going to take my time here tonight a little bit. And... Uh, We'll read a few scriptures, and we're going to tie some things together. But I want you to really listen. Amen. I know we like the hype. I love it. I love it as much as you do. I love to dance. I love to shout. I love to feel them chill bumps. Praise God, buddy. I'll tell you what. You get unknown the Holy Ghost. Oh, author has to go home, buddy. Man, he may show up in an hour. <laughs> he may show up in the morning. Praise God. But it's your relief for a while. But, uh, um, but I want to go to Luke 9 now. And as we go there, now, now remember, we're talking about faith. We're talking about individuals. All said and done, this Roman officer, because, and I meant to say this a while ago, Jesus came to the point, amen, with a centurion. Amen. So it's great a faith that I've heard in Israel. Uh, nobody's responded to me in Israel like this Roman officer has. I, I, I have purpose and things in my mind and spirit and heart. I'm not going to let unbelievers have more faith than I've got. Now, how can that can be? Uh, okay, let me put it this way. I'm not going to let folks that's built off the wrong foundation have more faith and courage to ask God for things by faith. And God even honors it. Amen. When it ought to be at the house of God. Where the foundation's right, where truth is taught, where the true deliverance ought to be. And so, but, the, but you know the story. You, you go and read it, you'll see that that happened, that took place. It shouldn't have. He talks about Naaman. Man, he talks about the widow. Man, had to go outside of Israel. That ought not have been. God should have been able to move on a widow inside of Israel to take care of the man of God. But he had to send the man of God outside. 
Get somebody to believe God. That he'd supply the need. Even though when you're right down to the very bottom. The very last little you got just enough for you and your boy. But nevertheless I'm going to believe the man of God. I fixed him one first. And it paid off didn't it? It paid off. So when you go to Luke 9. And. Uh, then he calls his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over the devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor scripts nor bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. He says, and whatsoever house he enter into, there abide and this, thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. So now watch it. Now he sent the disciples out. Amen. And... Um, to, to watch the, the power of this to unfold. When you go to the Mark 6. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come. He began to teach. We're talking about Jesus Christ in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. They heard him. Just like the centurion heard him. Saying from whence had this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are brought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary. The mother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon. Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended. They stumbled. They couldn't get over that. They up at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty works. But let me ask you something. Was Jesus any less there? Was any less Jesus there? Was any less God there? Okay. So he could not do any mighty works, save that he laid his hands upon a few six folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. When's the last time that you watched the countenance of somebody? Or heard some statements of somebody? And it astounded you that they didn't believe no more than that. That the unbelief was obvious. It's going to get better. Hang on. It's going to get better. Now, Brother Ford doesn't mention about our faith now. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to have it. Now, watch what he does. After being marveled because of their unbelief, he went around about the village's teaching. And he called it to him... His disciples, or the twelve, and began to send them forth. I read this 
back in Luke 9. And he sent them two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey and save the staff only. And all, I'm going to drop down a little bit. And the 11th verse says, And whosoever shall not receive you, again, he talks about shake off. You know what the dust, you know what that represented? It represented heathens. It was, it was believed that the dust off of heathens would pollute or contaminate the offering. And so that was a practice. When they come out of those cities or out of those homes, they would dust it off. And they didn't want to carry that or any of that with them. And so he goes from that. He said, Silver shall not receive you, nor kill you when ye depart thence. Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily or truly I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. What a comparison of Sodom and Gomorrah. You, you know the Old Testament, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know uh, the wickedness that went on and the ungodliness that took place. But watch this. So they went out and preached that men should repent. Now he sends them out. Now I believe this is falling close behind the place where he had just been, you know, not believed on, not responded to. And so he begins to send them out to preach the gospel, preach the kingdom, preach repentance, and heal the sick. And so watch what happens. And so they cast out many devils, anointed with all many that were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of him. For his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead. And therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Now watch who starts getting the credit. When King Herod heard of these things unfolding and, and taking place... And, now I want you to, we're going to make a connection here. Others said that it was Elias or others said that it was a prophet or as one of the prophets. Jesus Christ didn't get any credit. Neither did his disciples get any credit. They could believe that somebody could be raised from the dead that they had saw and heard on a personal basis before they could believe and, and, and believe in one that they didn't know anything about or never saw before. Man. And when you go to the sixth chapter of Mark, it's the same rehearsing, the same unfolding taking place. And you're going to see where where they didn't receive Jesus, they received the disciples. And they performed these miracles and wonders of signs. And every time you're going to notice were Herod. A man. So, let's, 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 let's look at him a minute. Matthew 14 says, And at that time Herod the Tetris heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist. Now remember, let's back up. This, this part tells it actually. Why was it John? What, what effect? How did this affect him so? Because it was John the Baptist that preached to him. It was John the Baptist that a man, Herodias, a man, his wife, which was Philip's wife, it was, that John told him, said it was unlawful for you to have her, a man, and she wanted him killed. 
she wasn't able to do it on her own, but she, she finally connived and worked it around through her daughter, amen, because she pleased them with a, at a, his birthday party, hallelujah, the dance, and so she had instructed her prior to this in what to do, amen, to get John the Baptist's head on a charger. And so he had to fulfill that, even though it caused sorrow to grip him because he feared and reverenced John the Baptist. If you read those scriptures through, you'll see that he's taught us this. <laughs> and so that's the reason he could believe that it was John the Baptist had come out of the out of resurrected and come back, amen, to display and, and bring forth the powers of healings and deliverance. Amen. He could believe he could believe that easier, amen, than he could believe it was John the Baptist. If you go on in scriptures, you're going to find out when it comes time, especially when you go to Luke 23. Because if you go back in Luke, it talks about that when that was heard that that actually that that Herod wanted to see Jesus. He had a desire. He had a I want to see him. Amen. Uh, and so when you go to Luke 23 and he, Jesus brought before Pilate and when Pilate hears that Jesus, amen, is from Galilee, he, he knows that, hey, hey, Herod's at, at there. He's a Galilean. He's going to send him. And so he does. And the scriptures taught us and you go to, to Luke 23 and about um, uh, started seven. Soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, and whom himself also was at Jerusalem at the same time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. He had desired to see this one called Jesus. He wanted to see him. Because he had heard many things of him, he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. So, he began to question Jesus with many words. But Jesus answered him nothing. He didn't even respond to him. Now, you and I both know that Jesus could have But now we see we're walking to fulfill the will of God and the purpose of God. It's more important than to put on a show, to put on a front, to put on some fashion of entertainment. This gospel's real. This one called Jesus Christ. There's not a disease that he can't heal. There's not blinded eyes that he cannot open. There was not depth ears he cannot unstop. So, so what are you trying to tell us? What, what are you trying to pull together here? You take a close notice, I believe, this is myself, that what Jesus done whenever he was rejected, he just began to send his disciples out. And they would receive the disciples. And they was amazed at the power. But, but you know what? The disciples didn't get any credit. Not with Herod. And not with some of the others. Neither did Jesus. So what's so important about all of this? 
It's when the message comes. It's when a prophecy comes. It's when a man of God comes. And if he's anointed of God, and he has the voice of God, it's important that it falls on not just any ears, but it's got to fall on ears of faith. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe. I'm, I'm going I'm 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 to get a hold of that. I'm going to let that get a hold of me. I, I, I can't see how it's going to unfold, but you know what? If you can see how it's going to be done, then that's not faith. If you understand how it's going to happen, then that's not faith. You don't need faith. <laughs> well, let me go to my second bunch of pages here. And, 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 and just, I'm going to get them all spread out here and I'm going to shoot all over the place. But, but just, just watch, watch some of this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. It's the evidence. Faith, the response, the actions of faith is the evidence before it ever shows up. Before there's ever going to be a field bought. Before there's ever a building built. There's got to be some evidence of faith because faith is the evidence of what's going to build it. It's not my money. It's not their money. None of that. It's faith is what's going to build it. And without faith, it will not be built. But by faith, it will be built. It's not the man or the individual, but it's he that's got an ear to hear. And faith comes like hearing, hearing what? Hearing the word of God. We got an ear to hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing... Word of God. <laughs> For by it the elders attained a good report. Let me ask you something. How do we know that Noah had faith and believed the voice of God when he told him it was going to rain? <laughs> of a desert out in the middle of a place and what are they doing? Bunch of loonies. They're crazy. I know I'm stepping out there. <laughs> but I know one thing it'll never happen if nobody don't plant a seed I can tell you that much. That's one reason churches, amen, are falling off the block. is because men and leaders has lost their ability to have a vision that God can do anything. Is anything too hard? I don't think so. I think it's God's will for us to build a school for our children. Because our schools are becoming so corrupt. We need to get them out of it. There is a need. So, as we watch some of this, let me get them all spread out here. Watch, watch this. This is Elizabeth. In the last verse, she says to Mary, as Mary had made her way to Elizabeth. In Luke 145, blessed is she 
that believed. <laughs> she didn't know how it was going to happen. She even informed the angel. But nevertheless, at thy word. <laughs> I don't know a man not going because it was prophesied. Amen. That God was going to give a son by a virgin. Hallelujah. And she was a man until the night she gave birth unto that child. Hallelujah. And man can't, can't, can't grasp that. Man can't quite understand that. But if you really start reading the word of God, that's the reason we believe the world was framed by the word of God. He can speak unto them. Hallelujah. I know we just sung the song that we can toddle our way through the mountain, but all said and done, the word of God says we can speak to there's more power in the tongue of faith, amen, than in your, your nine millimeters. There's more power, amen, in the tongue of faith than is in all of your wisdom and knowledge of the world. There's more power in the tongue of faith, amen, hallelujah, that'll make a way where there seem to be no way. There's power in the tongue of faith, amen, that caused the miraculous and the supernatural and for it to be a God thing, not a man thing, but a God thing. Faith. <laughs> Stir us up. That's the reason he taught us in the scriptures about seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his, his will. Man, his, his direction. The psalmist put it this way about the man. What's this? Psalms 39 and 5. Behold, thou hast made my days. As a hand breadth, which is the shortest measure. It's measured. In my age, as, as nothing before thee. It doesn't matter how old I am. Or how short my span is. <laughs> Verily or truly, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. At his best. A man, when he's by himself, when he's all alone. But if he's with God, and in the will of God, and the heart of God, man, it can make all the difference in the world. Somebody has got to help get a hold of the vision. Somebody's got to get a hold of it. Somebody's got to believe because see, and his brother Ford doesn't mention tonight to somewhere you just after a number. That's right. And every one of those numbers represent a soul. Amen. And represents eternity. I'm going to ask you something. Is there more in false doctrine than in, 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 in the true doctrine? Ask us that question tonight. Are we asked the question already tonight? Are we willing to just let people, amen, die and wind up in a de devil's hell? I don't think so. God, they would be something that would move on the inside of us and we would walk and conduct ourselves in a man on a farm as we carry this gospel, as we carry this truth. Guess what? God wants to bless in the Lord each one of you to lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. Any God, any believers in the house, it's your prayer that can make a difference. It's your worship that can make a difference. It's you going there and laying hands on them. It's you going there and witness to them. It's you going there and teaching them a Bible study. By the help of God, by the anointing of the Lord. <laughs> and don't worry about it if you don't get the credit. And don't worry about it. Amen. They say, well, uh, we know them. Yeah. 
That's all right. But we can still be representatives of Jesus Christ. His kingdom and power and glory. And walk in the powers of His grace. And walk in the powers of His mercy. Let's, let's look at a few more. I, Sister Moore, y'all can come. I'm not going to be much longer. Remember, I made the statements. The centurion, he heard of Jesus. He hadn't saw him. Jesus had told Thomas, you know, those that have not seen, you saw and believe. But those that have not seen, but yet believe. The apostle Peter came along later in 1 Peter 1 and 8, and he puts it this way. Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing. He rejoiced with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Buddy, I just got my answer. Why there's a lot of people just don't have a whole lot of joy. Because if you've got genuine faith, I'm telling you, joy, joy shows up. When you've got genuine faith, excitement shows up. When you've got faith, I believe it can happen. I believe it can take place. But if you really don't believe it... Well, here he goes again. I ain't being ugly. I'm just telling you. Our countenance makes a difference. Our response makes a difference. Hallelujah. If we believe the message, if we believe the word of God, if we believe the man of God, and it's already been mentioned tonight, before this year, amen, construction will be taking place. Hey, I want God to do it. Amen. Just like he wants it done in the manner and the form, amen, that glorifies his name and bring it because it's his heartbeat and will to add the church daily, to add to the church daily, to add to the church daily. It's not a fine amen to fall to the wayside. It's a time to increase and grow in the love of the power of God. can't listen so what's it going to take it's going to take Hebrew 3 won't you listen to me this is a Hebrew writer talking about the Israelites about their time and the journey come out of Egypt on their way to promised land for some when they had heard how many heard that Friday night? Okay, one, two, three, four. Well, maybe that's a problem. Nobody heard it. <laughs> you got to hear it. You got to hear it. When they had heard, did provoke, how be it not all? That came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear. Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, 
any of you should seem to come short of it. And we know he's talking about the rest. Talking about the Holy Ghost. For to us was the gospel preached. Anybody ever heard the gospel? As well as unto them. That rock was Christ. But the word preached did not profit them. Gained no benefit from it. See no results of it. Didn't profit them a bit. Why? Not being mixed with faith. In them that heard it. You got to mix faith in with it. (laughs) You got to mix faith in with it. Because if we'll do that. God can do to fulfill his accomplishment, his achievement, what he desires. It's not just about a feel. It's not even, even uh, I tell you, I, I pondered, look back at it. And 26 years of pastoring, I, uh, this wasn't part of me for the, probably the first 15, 16 years. In fact, at one, one, po- at one point in time, I felt, you know, let's don't come out of those public schools. Let's, let's you know, we've got to be a witness to them. Man, if you bring all of us out and, you know, put us in a cave somewhere and hide us. And, amen, and our children's not used to being tried and tempted. And we'd be a bunch of wimps. We'd be a bunch of sissies. So this hadn't always been my heartbeat. And I'll be honest with you, it's not so much mine, I believe, as it is God's. But we realize that for us to be who God wants us to be. And I believe there's a balance that we've got to walk on. Oh, how desperately we need education. But I believe we need to be careful how we attain it. And what we're willing to sacrifice to attain that. Along the journey. Can I say this? How do you hear it mostly? Go get your education. So you can do what? Make more. But the love of money is the root of all evil. James writings. It was in our lesson this morning. I got the scriptures here tonight out of Matthew. Jesus Christ telling us, taking no thought of your tomorrow. He goes as far as he said, can, can, by, by, by putting thought, can you add a cubit to your statue? If you look that, study it out, it means worry. Worry. Getting fretful. Getting all worked up. Getting all worried about it. I'm not going to stay up in the night time and worry about this happening. If it's a God thing, it'll happen. 
It may be even after I'm gone. But it'll happen. If it's a God thing. Because it's not about me anyway. But it's about a place that, that prayerfully and hopefully. How many of you love to bring your children to a place? And we started the day off with prayer. And, huh. We started it off, amen, with a little, with a Sunday school, a little church. Oh, I believe we could write up some requirements if they want to be some outsiders who want to come and be a part of it. Yeah, but you're going to follow by our rules. You understand that now. If you don't like our rules, go back, go back, go back. I'm not talking about a vision, amen, that we're going to depend on the government to run it. Or even ask for the aid. I'm talking about one, amen, that God supplies the need. He taught them in that setting. Why take you thought for raiment? He said, consider the lilies. They neither toil. You ever, anybody ever toiled? That means working hard. That means, that means, that means really getting with it. I'll be honest with you, a good day's work today would kill me. A good hard day's work. You got to, I'm talking about working. I ain't talking about doing a little something and go get on the phone, sit over and catch up with all buddy. I'm talking about working, buddy. When your mind's on it and you're working, sweat's rolling. End of the day, you can pour it out of your boots. I've seen a few of them days. It'd kill me today, though, Sister Tammy. It'd kill me. I done a little work Wednesday. And I paid for it Thursday. <laughs> Some of you didn't have a clue, but son, I was hurting so bad Thursday night. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that old left hip just saying, <laughs> you're 62. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> so, so, understand what I'm saying. There is a balance, though. Neither can we just be lazy and sit over here in a little cave somewhere and just think that God just going to magically perform it all. But I tell you what we can do. Faith causes us to start building a ship. Faith causes us to start going gathering up some gopher wood. David, because he couldn't build the temple. But you know what he began to do? Began to stash up gold and silver and put things, amen, in place. That when Solomon got on the scene, he didn't have to beg nobody. He didn't have to do any of that. God made provision before he ever got. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. So it ain't moving some of you because you're not in the vision. But I'm telling you before this thing's over, everybody in this community is going to want a one God apostolic school and church, amen, and to be a part of it because that's what's going to get us out of this place. First time your little babies come home and Bill's telling you that me and Jack's dating. 
<laughs> Lady Susie comes home and says, Mama, I decided I like girls better than I like boys. It's full of it now. I know this won't exempt us from all of it. But you know what? There's not enough money in the world that if they can leave the high school with real experience and education of what's in this book. And we don't have enough time here on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesday night, even hollering, just to scratch the surface. I wonder what would happen, Kate. I just wonder what would happen if we could do it on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. I wonder what would come alive in these little old fellers. Where they don't have to rub shoulders with them guys that think they're somebody. And they have to deal with some spirits that you and I don't even know about. That's bombarding their minds and their hearts and spirit. If we're not careful, we, we forgot, man. School at one time was a real safe place. In fact, some of them had a safer place at school than they did at home. We can't hardly say that anymore. I, I won't never forget it. And I may have done said this one time before, but... I remember whenever the school system run, you know, had to get that bond in and raise the money and raise all those several million dollars to build those big buildings over yonder and all that other stuff. And buddy, it, it flopped. It went down. My daughter-in-law, Lindsay, was a teacher. I told her, I said, I'll tell you what, I said, if you'll get this message to them. I said, if you'll go over and tell them that central school is vulnerable. Any shooter can walk in them doors and there's not a thing y'all can do about it. They can kill and slay before anybody ever gets there, man, they can, they can do so much damage because y'all don't have no way of locking it up. I said, if you'll get that message across and forget that other building for a while huh, and get that message across, I said, I, tell you, I guarantee you, <laughs> you'll vote it through. And it wasn't but just a year or so down the road, they come back. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> now, let me speak spiritually to us. There's a spiritual warfare going on. And it's our responsibilities when it's our babies. Amen. That we, and you know what? I, I, don't take this wrong. man. I, I'm not trying to be ugly or nothing like that. And, and thank God for cookies and thank God for milk and thank God for all those events. But those things won't get the job done. We've got to introduce them, amen, to the powers of God. Amen. We've got to introduce them to prayer meetings, amen, that moves the powers of God. We've got to introduce them, amen. They're not ashamed or even hesitant about, amen, speaking in tongues and walking in the Holy Ghost. Amen. They can, they can, they can look those friends just trying to lead them around the wrong, wrong direction and be able to look them eyeball to eyeball and say, oh no, I got, I know who Jesus is. I done heard who Jesus is. I know who's the one that can heal my body. I know who's the supplier I ever need. I mean, I got a companionship. I got a friend that'll stick closer than anybody else. Faith. Tav. To have fellowship with him. To have companionship with him. Yeah. 
You know, when you, you really begin to walk with the Lord, He's really the first thing on your mind when you get up in the morning before your feet ever hit the floor. And He's the last thing. <laughs> it begins to consume you. It begins to eat you up. It's, it's almost like a zeal. That kind of fellowship and relationship. <laughs> you know what is going to happen? It triggers at the house of God. When you walk in this place, and you, there's, there's going to be something about it, man. We're going to church. <laughs> We're going to the house of God. We're going to party. I heard some of them talking about partying when I come in. Amen. And I looked over at one of them and I spoke. I said, yeah, the parties. We're fixing the party. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now is where the partying ought to take place. Uh, now is the time, amen, the partying ought to be taken. This is the most exciting place in our lives. Hallelujah. This is more hallelujah, exciting than any other party that you can go to. This is more exciting than any other event that you can go to. Amen. I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be here. If there's going to be miracles and wonders and signs, if you're going to drive the devil out of your life, amen, if you're going to see miraculous and supernatural things, you and I got to have some faith in falling in love with this God. Lord bless you tonight as we all stand together. They're going to get a song. There's a whole lot more in these scriptures. Even the disciples were amazed. They made their way back to Jesus. In fact, I believe it was Mark's writings, the sixth chapter, talks about how that he, the Lord, brings them to a desolate place outside of Galilee for resting time. But even there, some had saw them and knew where they was going and beat them there. Don't think it's something strange when those weird folks come walking up to you. Could it be that they're coming to you because they, they see something in you and they need it? And you and I can't be afraid of them or intimidated by them. I didn't say go out there and start flagging a bunch of devils down. <laughs> I didn't say pull up to the next crack house and go running up and hey, me and Jesus fixed it. <laughs> but as opportunity comes, as God sees fit and you walk into the Holy Ghost, you don't have to be afraid of that. Because what I'm telling you is they're looking for a way out and a way of escape and we've got the answer in Jesus Christ.
we've got it. Of the reason of the hope that lies within us. <laughs> That's Christ in us. The hope of glory. God bless you as they sing tonight. Why don't you just come? If you got faith tonight, why don't we just come together as one in unity in this house tonight? Not just for a field and not just for a school. Man, but for a church, for a, a body. How many, how many of you really enjoyed Thursday and Friday night? How many enjoyed going over to the catfish house afterwards? How many enjoyed? We was there at about 11 o'clock. They're, they're about. We had an awesome time. We had a good time. Great fellowship. <laughs> Even Brother Phillips one time looked over at me. He said, hey, huh? What'd you say? I said, it acts like a bunch of Pentecostals in here, doesn't it? <laughs> had a good time. Good fellowship. <laughs> Bondmanship. That's what happens. Bonds us, unites us, joins us. Let's do it. God bless you as they see. Now, who can speak to a cripple? And they stand right up and walk. And who can cause the deaf and dumb to hear and start to talk? And who can calm your fevered brow by just saying, let it be. With a little bit of clay, touch them in the way the blinded eyes can see. I'm telling you, he can. And I know that he'll stand right by your side when the world is crumbling in. Oh, no one ever done what he's done. He laid down his life, but he rose to live again. Oh, I'm telling you, he and I know that you stand right by your side when the waters crumble in. Oh, no one ever done what he's done. He laid down his eye, but he rose again. Now, what can cause an old man that's about to say goodbye? To lift up both of those dying hands, tears running from his eyes. With his loved ones gathered around him, he can smile and say, Don't fear, cause the one that brought me through my storms will leave me out of here. I'm telling you, he's dead. And I know that he'll stand right by your side when the world is crumbling in. Oh, no one ever done what he died. He laid down his life, but he rose Oh, I'm telling you, he, do you believe he can? Have you got faith to move the mountain tonight? He's dealt to you the measure of faith. Everybody got a measure, the measure, the measure. I'm telling you, he can. And I know that he will stand right by your side when the world is crumbling in. Oh, Noah, ever done what he done? He laid down his life when he rose. Now, who can still speak to a cripple and they stand up and walk? 
And who can cause deaf ears and dumb tongues to talk? And who can calm a fevered brother just saying, let it be? When a little bit of clay touch them in the way their blinded eyes can see. I'm telling you, we yeah. And I know that you stand right by your side when the world is crumbling in. Oh, no one ever done what he's done. He laid down his opportunity. Oh, everybody say, I'm telling you, he can. And I know that he'll stand right by your side when the world is crumbling in. Oh, no one ever done what he's done. He laid down his life and rose Now what can cause an old man that's about to say goodbye? To lift up both of those dying hands with tears running. With his loved ones around him, he'll smile and say, don't fear. Cause the one that brought me through every storm is leading me out of here. I'm telling you, he can. And I know that he'll stand right by your side. When the world is crumbling in, oh, no one ever done what he done. He laid it down and it real. Oh, he took it up again. I'm telling you, he can. Ah, he reached down into the grave. It's crumbling in. No one ever done what he's done. He laid down his life and he rose to live again. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Can we sing another song? I want to sing the Egypt song. Hallelujah. I was going to sing that thing the other day, the other night. The preacher said something about... I forget what he said, but it said, now, that ain't us. This song says, I'm living in Canaan now. I had made the promised land, but I got the earnest of my inheritance. Just a taste of what's coming over yonder. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> And Pastor Moore preached to us tonight, and the last thing, and I think it's Proverbs, that said, where no vision is, what's that? What's it say? Where no vision is, what? The people perish. The people perish. Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. Well, what are you dreaming of today? Joseph had a dream. Hey, dreamer! You're in a dungeon now. What are you going to do with your dreams? I still got them. I still believe them. <laughs> what are you doing with your dreams tonight? You got a vision? If you don't have a vision, get one or you'll perish. You got to be forward looking and forward running and forward leaning all the time. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Come on, get a hold of Him. Let's sing. Y'all help us sing. Let's sing. Everybody sing. Everybody sing.
Egypt was once my home, I was a slave. Helpless and sinned and wrong, love I did crave. But when I looked up to heaven's throne, I came to say, I'm living in Canaan now. Living on Egypt's behind. There's gladness to find my soul. Satisfied, no longer blind am I. I'm living with Jesus up in Canaan right now. Satan may have you found with fair strong, but look up to higher ground. It will not belong to Christ the Savior. Your soul will find you'll sing this song. I'm living in Canaan now, living on Egypt's behind. There's gladness to find. My soul is satisfied. No longer blind am I. I'm living with Jesus up in Canaan. On Egypt's behind. That's mine, that soul is satisfied, no longer blind am I. I'm living with Jesus up in Canaan right now. Let's do it again. Egypt was once my home, I was a slave. Helpless in sin and wrong, love I did pray, but then I looked up who heaven's all and Christ came to say, you can live in Canaan now. Living on Egypt's behind, there's gladness to find. My soul is satisfied, no longer blind am I. I'm living with Jesus up in Canaan right now. Aren't you glad you found Jesus today? I said, aren't you glad you found Jesus today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord bless you tonight. You can be seated. Well, got any birthdays? Any birthdays? Oh, that's right. Brother Andrew. That's right. Let's don't forget Brother Andrew. 2020. Hey Amen. He's done been told several times. No more teenage excuses. Hey Amen. Sister Lynn, did you want us to say something to the church? If not, that's fine. My wife thought you may have. Okay. Okay. Amen. Bless Sister Lynn. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> In case some of you don't understand that, 
She's supposed to have a disease that's in the bottom of them lungs. And she had, it's never supposed to ever come out of there. It's supposed to take her out of here. Should have done took her out of here. But you know what? God and faith and prayer makes all the difference in the world. Thank God. Faith, believing, and trusting God. <laughs> I believe God's going to use you to get preacher too. The Bible says by your conversation, you can persuade them. <laughs> That's right. Amen. So stir him up, stir him up, God. Stir him up. <laughs> All right, let's get some birthdays. Let's go. tonight. God bless them. Anniversaries. Anniversaries. All right. If not, just don't forget uh, Brother Rouse will be with us. Brother Clay Rouse will be with us this coming Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night. That's this coming week. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay? So let's don't forget about that. Pray about it. The hand of God, the power of God in our services. All right. Any other announcements? All right. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.